Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to the avoiding divorce podcast i'm your host steve in today's episode which is episode 21 we're going to be discussing in the first segment a topic that has come up in quite a few of the emails I've received from folks listening to this podcast. And it's related to handling limbo while you are in an in-home separation. Now, we've discussed on this podcast before how there's really two types of limbo. There's the in-home separation limbo where oftentimes the couple, uh, the walkway spouse and the left-behind spouse continue to share the same bed, um, continue to cohabitate the same house, continue to co-parent their parents as if, if, co-parent their kids as if they were, um, you know, still having no problems in the marriage at all. And to the outside world, everything looks normal, but internally, of course, the walkaway spouse has stated that they want out of the marriage. And then the other situation is um, where there's something that has changed, whether the walkaway spouse or the left behind spouse has left the master bedroom or left the house entirely. I've even talked before about left behind or walkway spouses that have essentially just sprinted out the door. They've they've dropped the divorce bomb and moved out, either moved in with an affair partner or just moved out on their own, seemingly overnight with no real notice given to the left behind spouse. So in this segment, what we're going to we're going to concentrate on is talking about how you deal with limbo, how you avoid divorce while you're in an in-home separation, because this seems to be something that some left-behind spouses get tripped up by. Now, one of the things that I've said before is it's very easy to be in one of these two situations and look at the other situation as being more ideal. In other words, if you're in an in-home separation, constantly being in the same house with your walkaway spouse causes you to have trouble sticking to good avoiding divorce principles. And you think, oh, it'd be so much easier if they had just left the house. However, the people who are in the situation where this the walkaway spouse is no longer cohabitating the same home as them often look at those in in home separation and think that's more ideal because then I can show them the changes that I'm making 
in my life? And the real answer is that they both have their pros and their cons. Now, obviously, when we're talking about these situations, there's, you know, little in the way of pros. You know, I, ideally, there'd be no problems in the marriage. You'd be happily married. You'd be working on your marriage together. All those sorts of things. But one of the problems that in-home separated left-behind spouses have is they just don't understand how you can adhere to those avoiding divorce principles with the other with the with the walkaway spouse around as much as they are how do i go out and recapture the life i once had how do i concentrate on myself focus on myself and focus on my own self improvement how do i learn to be happy by myself with this person still a constant presence in my life and I want to be really upfront with you. If you're in this situation of in-home separation, if you're in this situation where you think, I have to deal with this person too much and therefore I can't adhere to good avoiding divorce principles, I want you to take a step back from that. One of the things that I've noticed is it's extremely easy to try to find excuses as to why you can't adhere to avoiding divorce principles. I've mentioned this on this podcast before, where you've got a myriad of, of, of reasons. I can't go out and recapture the life I once had because I'm a parent. I can't uh, focus on myself because my left-behind spouse is constantly wanting to talk about the divorce. I can't learn to be happy by myself because the left behind spouse uh, is making my life so unhappy. <laughs> um, and so it's really easy to, to, to find reasons why you can't adhere to the avoiding divorce principles. And I want you to be very careful with that because the avoiding divorce principles, as I've said multiple times, is very counterintuitive. It goes against everything that we want to do. It goes against all nature that we have, where when we hear the words, I don't want to be married to you anymore, we try to go into this super spouse mode where suddenly we're doing all the things that we never did before. We want to get into marriage counseling. We want to do all the housework. We want to be attentive. We want to be affectionate. We want to do all those things. And as I said before, that's too little too late. All of those things that come naturally that you want to do are the maintenance that you would do on your relationship while both spouses were still both committed to the relationship. And I, I've used the analogy before of a, of a vehicle, of, a, of your car. Your car's running okay, so you have the routine maintenance done. If you neglect the routine maintenance and you have a major malfunction, your transmission goes out or your engine explodes, 
doing the routine maintenance after a major malfunction isn't going to help. Marriages are the same way. There's routine maintenance that we have to do in our marriages to keep them healthy. But if we, if we fail to do that routine maintenance, you know, things like um, non-sexual affection, being attentive, making the person understand that they're important in your life, date nights, all those, all those little things that we need to do in order to maintain a relationship. Once we have a major malfunction, trying to institute those into our relationship is only going to further irritate our left-behind spouse. And that's why the avoiding divorce principles say to remove all pressure and pursuit, take all focus off of them, leave them to figure out their own stuff themselves, focus on yourself and focus on the three legs of the avoiding divorce stool, which is recapturing the life that you had before you knew your spouse, focusing on yourself to become the best version of yourself you can be through self-improvement, and of course, finally, learning to be happy by yourself. There's no reason that you can't do all that in an in-home separation. In an in-home separation, it's still possible to remove all pressure and pursuit. It's still possible to focus on yourself and take all the focus off of your walkaway spouse. It's still possible to give them the time and the space that they've asked for by not constantly trying to talk about and not trying to do all of that routine maintenance that you had been remiss in trying to do in the months and even the years leading up to the divorce bomb day. So don't use the fact that you're in an in-home separation as an excuse as to why you can't adhere to avoiding divorce principles. Now, I'm not going to lie. In-home separation is difficult. It's much harder to take the focus off of your spouse, to not obsess about your situation when you're seeing your walkaway spouse all the time in your house. And that's why the avoiding divorce principles are so important. It's kind of interesting to think about, but we use the avoiding divorce principles in order to be able to more um, successfully navigate things like in-home separation. But we also need to make sure that we're adhering to those, in, those um, avoiding divorce principles in order to not make our situation worse. It's kind of a, a, a circular way to look at things. Um, the in-home separation is difficult. The avoiding divorce principles are therefore seemingly difficult. But if you can do the in-home or the uh, avoiding divorce principles, it makes the in-home separation much easier to take. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. 
So one of the big things that left-behind spouses and in-home separation struggle with is recapturing the life that they once had. And, I, and I've mentioned before that there's ways that you can do that successfully while you're in an in-home separation. But the thing that you have to realize is that that principle helps you through the limbo period of in-home separation. If you're out being busy, then you're going to have less time to sit and think about your situation. You're going to have less time to obsess about your situation. You're going to have less time to focus on your walkaway spouse. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that if you can do that avoiding divorce principle well, it will automatically help you through in-home separation and the limbo that seems so difficult for folks, for, for left-behind spouses that are going through that. Staying busy is one of the best tools in your tool belt for making sure that you're moving forward and not going backwards and, and not making your situation worse. Now, I've mentioned before on this podcast that left-behind spouses that are also parents struggle with, well, how can I be a good parent and still be out recapturing the life I once had and being busy? Well, this is where you need to really look at things and, and think about it this way. When your walkaway spouse comes to you and say they want a divorce, the separation that that divorce is going to cause is going to change the way that your life looks and it's going to change the way their life looks. What you certainly don't want to happen is for your walkaway spouse to come to you, say they want out of the marriage, and then be able to go off and live any kind of life that they, that they want to live without the reality that they too are a parent. Now, some left-behind spouses will do that, and they'll get involved in things that, that mean they can't be a good parent. You need to document all of that in case your situation does come to divorce so that you can fight for custody of your children um, and have all of that as ammunition for why essentially uh, the left behind spouse or the walkaway spouse has abandoned the relationship and the home. But most walkaway spouses aren't going to behave that way. And so showing them what divorce is going to look like can be things like setting up a um, custody agreement with that walkaway spouse during the period of in-home separation in limbo. You want out of the marriage? Here's what we need to do. I need to go out and live my life as well, so we'll agree to every other day you have the kids at home and I'm, I'm, I'm free to go do what I want to do and on the off day I will be home with the kids and you're free to go off and do whatever you want to do. 
Um, that's the way the relationship, the co-parenting relationship is going to look post-separation and divorce if your situation gets that far. So being a parent is, an excuse, is not an excuse not to go out and recapture the life you once had. It is just means that you need to sit down with your walkaway spouse and say, we need to come up with a custody agreement that we can live with through this period of limbo until separation and divorce um, is what, what you end up going for. That's what I would say to this, the walkaway spouse in that situation. So, yes, in-home separation is difficult, limbo is difficult, but it is not an excuse not to adhere to, to good avoiding divorce principles. And oh, by the way, those avoiding divorce principles work together as well. So if you get really good at going out and recapturing the life you once had, learning to be happy by yourself becomes easier. Becoming the better version of yourself through self-improvement becomes easier. Oh, by the way, one of the things that you can do in recapturing the life that you once had is go out and get into individual counseling. Now, you might say, well, I, didn't, I wasn't in individual counseling when I met my spouse. That may be true, but you are going through a difficult period in your life. There's nothing wrong with helping yourself get through that and also using this individually counseling, individual counseling to recapture that life you once had um, by making sure that that's something that you look into and put into place. Make it one of the nights that you don't have the kids, that your walkaway spouse has custody of the kids, and use that to self-improve and to further uh, your journey to become a better, more rounded individual. Speaking of that, in segment two, we're going to be talking about self-differentiation. It's a very important topic. It goes hand in hand with learning to be happy by yourself. And I hope you'll stick around to listen to segment two. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steve. You're listening to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. This is episode number 21. In segment two, we're going to be talking about something that I find to be extremely uh, important, and that is the uh, subject of self-differentiation. And I'm not going to be able to cover this in, in a lot of depth in a 15 to 20 minute segment on this podcast, but I'll be able to scratch the surface on this, talk about why it's important, and then hopefully that will whet your appetite for why this is so important, and hopefully you'll go out and learn more about it through self-study and reading. There's a lot of books that cover self-differentiation. You can uh, even Google self-differentiation in marriage and you'll see why this is so important. You'll also understand why it goes hand in hand with learning to be happy 
by yourself. Because I want you to go back to when you first met your spouse. And I know we've talked about this on this podcast before, but go back to when you first met your spouse. Um, You were a fully formed individual. You had a group of friends. You had activities and hobbies. You probably had a, a job, a career that you were working in. And so you were this fully formed individual that was now meeting somebody who you were interested in sharing your life with. And what happens is, is through the period of getting to know our spouses and becoming more serious in more serious in our relationship with our spouses and eventually getting married to our spouses, having kids with our spouses, uh, combining finances with our spouses, buying houses with our spouses, all these, all these things that we kind of start implementing into our life after we meet our spouse and marry them, we start to kind of lose that individual that we that we were we start to uh, become a little attached to our spouse and we become codependent on our spouse and what this creates this creates a situation where we can't imagine life without our spouse we even convince ourselves that either life isn't worth living or that life is going to stop if for some reason our spouse is no longer in our life. This is a very dangerous thinking. This is a very dangerous uh, emotional and mental place to be because as I've said before in this podcast, we live in a very imperfect world where our spouse can be taken out of our life at any given moment through death, through disease, through accident, you know, all sorts of, of things can happen in this life where our spouse is no longer part of that life. And if all of our happiness, all of our well-being, all of our sense of who we are is wrapped up into this person, it's very difficult to then move forward happy and healthy as a fully formed individual without this person in our life anymore. I've often encouraged left-behind spouses to think about the prospect of losing their spouse similar to through divorce, similar to losing their spouse through disease, accident, death, some, you know, something sudden, sudden or fairly sudden that could happen to them to take them out of our lives. Now, in the situation where we lose a spouse through their untimely death, a lot of times one of the things that spouses will look back at and say is, well, you know, my spouse passed away, but they would want me to go on. They would want me to to be healthy and happy moving forward. And I think that's a, a healthy way to look at moving on from the loss of a spouse. 
But we should be looking at that that way even in the case of a spouse telling us they no longer want to be married to us. That spouse very rarely wants you to be stuck and not to move forward with your life. They might not even think about it at the time. They might be more thinking about how they want to move on with their life. But the point is, is that there is still an element of the walkaway spouse not wanting the left-behind spouse to necessarily be unhappy and stuck in a rut and not able to move forward with their life. Now, one of the best ways to do this is to understand that the most successful marriages are a result of two fully formed individuals, healthy and happy individuals, coming together to form a relationship, to form a marriage. Anytime there's codependency in that relationship, problems are going to ensue. And I ask you to go back and look at when you met your spouse because as a fully formed individual yourself, one of the things that did not occur was for you to be so codependent on this person early on that you scared them off. When you think about the responsibility for somebody else's health and happiness, it's really not a a comfortable place to be. So when we, as I've said before on this podcast, if we put somebody in the situation where they're now responsible for our health and our happiness, they're probably going to crumble under the weight of that. And I think that most left-behind spouses can look back and realize that they had gotten to a place where they were codependent on their spouse and there's an element of that that exact circumstance that I just talked about happening where you were so your lives were so wrapped up in one another that that person just could not live up to the responsibility of the health and happiness of you as the as the left behind spouse and they get to the point where they don't want that responsibility anymore and that it's part of what goes into them saying and them telling you that they no longer want to be married is they just don't want that responsibility anymore. That is not often verbalized because the walkaway spouse may not even consciously realize that that's part of what they're pushing back on. But certainly codependency by a spouse is something that can push a spouse away. And so the best advice that I can give to married couples that aren't going through a situation where one spouse has decided they no longer want to be married is to say, make sure you're both self-differentiated. Make sure your differentiation is such that you know that you are happy 
and healthy and contributing to the marriage through that health and happiness. And oh, by the way, your spouse is also a healthy and happy individual and contributing to that marriage through that health and happiness. That is the best way for success in any relationship. When we get codependent, when we get clingy, when we get needy, when we get um, overly, um, well, I want to say overbearing, um, that's when problems start to arise. And if you think about it, a lot of times these are the types of things that happen in situations where maybe trust has been broken. Maybe one spouse has caught another spouse in a lie or uh, getting a little bit too close to a member of the opposite sex or whatever the situation might be. Um, suddenly we revert back to these codependent behaviors of clinginess, of wanting to know where our spouse is at all times, wanting to constantly talk to them and find out what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And the weight of that can cause more harm than good. We have to be extremely careful that when we're going through a difficult time that we don't let those codependent behaviors drive the other person away. Whether they're already a walkaway spouse or not, we need to make sure that being clingy, being overbearing, wanting to always talk about our situation, always wanting to talk about or find out what they're thinking and feeling, that we're not falling back to those behaviors because those are comfortable. Those are the things that, that make us feel better. If we can be talking to them about what they're thinking and feeling, if we know where they're at at all times, if we're constantly on top of them, then we have a sense, a false sense of security. They're potentially crumbling under the weight of that. And it especially goes that way when our spouse has already decided to walk away from the marriage and we fall back into those codependent behaviors that we're going to push that person out the door quicker. So self-differentiation is an extremely important concept where we still have a sense of who we are, of our value, of what we bring to the table, of how we contribute, and that we at least at some level have a sense that that's not going to change no matter what happens in our life. Whether our spouse is in our life tomorrow or whether they're not, we're going to be a well-rounded individual that's health, generally healthy and happy. That doesn't mean that we're not sad at the loss of a spouse. It just simply means that we're not so stuck by uh, sentiment that the loss of a spouse makes us stuck where we're at and we're no longer able to move forward with our life. Um, again, huge topic is in self-differentiation. It's an extremely 
deep subject. But when you understand what it is and how it can be helpful in your relationship, you can start to implement ways in order to become a self-differentiated person. And really, if you look at the avoiding divorce principles, they all work towards making you more self-differentiated. The idea of recapturing that life that you had before you met your spouse, when you were a well-rounded individual that had this life full of activities and things that filled that life up and that you were opening a part of that up to them um, can make you a more self-differentiated individual. Becoming the best version of yourself, self-improvement, getting involved, getting into individual counseling, working through all of these things with a good counselor, um, self-help books, learning about self-differentiation is, is one thing that can uh, fall into this category. All of that makes you a more well-rounded, attractive individual. And then, of course, learning to be happy by yourself goes hand-in-hand hand with self-differentiation. When you get to a place where um, just because your spouse is having a bad day and is maybe mean to you one day doesn't completely destroy your psyche is a very healthy place to be. To understand that we all have bad days and that it's not always going to be unicorns and rainbows, but you're still going to keep your head held high, understand what your value is, understand what you bring to the table and, can, and contribute can get you through those days when your spouse is having a bad day as well. So all of these things are really important because really when you think about it, what I'm trying to teach through this podcast and through the Avoiding Divorce Principles is making you the best, healthiest version of yourself so that in your next relationship, whether that's with your spouse in Marriage 2.0 or whether that's with somebody new that you meet once your marriage is to your current spouse is over, that that relationship has a chance of being successful because you're a self-differentiated individual that knows their own value and what they bring to the table. So again, I encourage you, Google self-differentiation in marriage, learn about it, employ it into your life, and make your next relationship, whether that's marriage 2.0 with your current spouse or with somebody new, gives that relationship the best chance of success. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Again, I realize that we've just scratched the surface on this topic, but hopefully I've, I, again, have, like I said earlier, have at least whetted your appetite to uh, be curious enough to go out and learn more about self-differentiation. Uh, thanks for listening to today's episode. Hopefully both topics that we discussed today have been beneficial to you. Um, feel free to email us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. We'll get to it as quickly as possible. We try to answer all of the emails. And as always, 
do whatever you can to avoid, avoid divorce. Thanks for listening.